0: Well, good morning, Central. Welcome to my living room. It's great to have you here with us in whatever form that might be. Maybe you're looking on your phone right now, or maybe you're watching on TV. You might be doing that with family or on your own. You might be doing that with a cup of tea or uh, with breakfast or whatever you might be doing. Um, It's great that we can still do this, right? That we can still take some time to come around God's Word together, to reflect on what He's saying to us together as church family and also individually in this time. Um, and as Andy said last week, in the midst of these circumstances, we thought it was right to pause our previous series on spiritual gifts and instead take each week in turn to look at the most helpful places in scripture which teach us how to respond in the midst of challenge, looking at what it means to be the people of God and a light for this city when all around us we see some of the worst and the best of humanity being displayed. And we, do, we see both at the same time, don't we? We see some of the best in the fact that NHS workers are already putting in more than their hours of work to meet the demands. We see people selflessly choosing to stay at home in order to protect loved ones who are vulnerable. And we see examples across the world of people choosing to try to meet the needs of their neighbours. And in fact, that, uh, that principal card that we gave out last week and um, that you could give to your neighbours, we didn't design that ourselves. It actually came from a woman down in Cornwall. Um, and she just felt a little bit helpless about what to do um, as she found herself more often at home and decided to design this card to give out to her neighbors and it went viral no no pun intended and it went across the world and in fact uh, I, I believe it's being used in Australia as well as all across the UK um, which is amazing is it because we thought it was such an inspirational thing and also such a practical way of us being the hands and feet of Jesus which is why we're using the same card too. But alongside seeing that, alongside seeing the best of humanity, we're also beginning to see some of the worst. We see fear turning into irrational action, as we, as our country seem to be doing our very best to try to empty the supermarkets of all produce. Um, and it's the extent that people who actually need it, people who are more hand-to- mice, can't get the supplies that they need. And we also see highlights in the news examples of fights, don't we? People fighting over the last pack of rice, or people showing incredible selfishness um, as they take more than they need and others are left without. The reality is that we all have a choice. Because we all will feel some level of impact from coronavirus, some more keenly than others. We can choose to hunker down, to batten down the hatches, to wait for everything to pass, and hope that nothing happens to us in the process. We can focus on just getting through it, you know, and there's part of us that actually we would be quite happy to do that. Because it's safe, it's even justifiably following government guidelines, isn't it, of social distancing. But it's also not really how we're created to be. We're not created to be closed off to others, and primarily concerned with ourselves. The alternative is we can consider, and I'd love for us to consider what it looks like for us to open ourselves up as church family in this time, to grind ourselves in the truth of what Andy was sharing last week, that God is our shepherd who guides us, protects us, and leads us. And we can choose to allow that truth of who God is and what he has done for me and for us to spur us to live differently in this time. In a time like this, we have the opportunity to live our lives outwards to continue to passion our lives towards relationship with God, towards one another as church family, and towards this city who desperately need to know the love of God at this time. So the passage we're going to look at this morning is in the book of Romans, and it's chapter 12, and we're going to read the whole chapter together. So it's a bit of a longer reading, which we're going to do. You might want to open that up in your Bible or your phone or your tablet just now as we read it together. So Romans chapter 12. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And in this passage, there are three key movements going on, I'd see. There are three ways in which Paul is calling us to be people who live our lives outwards. We are called to open up our hearts and to do that first towards God in verses 1 through 2, and then towards each other in verses 3 through 13 as church family, and then finally towards this city in verses 14 through 21. And so I want to take a little bit of time to walk through each section and look at what it looks like for us in our context. So firstly, opening up our hearts towards God. And we're looking at verses one and two here. And these are famous verses, aren't they, They, that teach us about life in worship. In view of God's mercy, offer your body as a living sacrifice. That is your true and proper worship. We sing these verses, we talk about them regularly, and reflect on what it means to offer our lives as worship to God. We're all too familiar with them. But they are equally so significant for us in this time. In particular, the first two words that I just said are pivotal in our approach to God and to these circumstances. And they're the words, in view. In view of God's mercy. What do we have in view? Um, As a teenager, I was particularly unobservant. And maybe, maybe that's just something that every teenage guy goes through at some point, but I was properly bad, properly tunnel-visioned. Tunnel um, on one occasion, I completely missed the fact that someone was trying to mug me because I was so caught up in my own world that I, I didn't hear what they were saying as they were walking along beside me. And I think the fact that I completely ignored them seemed to work in my favor because they just decided to leave. And about two minutes later, I stopped and I was like, oh, I just realized what that person was saying. <laughs> Um, Anyway, on another occasion, um, I was sitting in the living room, in our family living room, and it sits right next to our family kitchen. And I was watching TV, I think I was watching a film, and uh, the microwave caught fire in the kitchen. And I completely didn't notice the fact that the flames were coming out of this microwave and smoke was billowing out of it and coming through to the living room. And in fact, I continued to watch the TV as smoke filled the whole room. And it wasn't until my parents who were upstairs in bed noticed smoke coming into their room and came downstairs and sorted out the fire that I realized that I was suddenly surrounded by smoke. Maybe you remember being like that as a teenager. Maybe you have teenagers who are like that just now. And while we're maybe not all that unobservant now, I think that there's still truth to that to say that what we have in view impacts the way that we see and interact with everything else. What we choose to set our attention on determines how we respond in this time. Because the nature of where we are right now is that many of the things we've taken for granted, places of security for us even, maybe that we've held back from God, are now the same places of unsecurity for us as individuals and as a church. Our health, our finances, our jobs, our relationships, our social life. Most of these things now kind of have a little bit of a question mark attached to them, don't they? And if I was to be honest, the unknowns of each of those areas in the next few months worries me too. And I find myself regularly trying to keep busy with stuff rather than to stop to reflect on the reality of it. Maybe that sounds familiar to you too. But if we set our eyes on what's in front of us, on what we see in the news, on the places of insecurity around us, our reaction very likely will be to withdraw worship, to close our hearts up to God as we try to protect ourselves and busy ourselves worrying about the places of security around us. We might even feel like we need to get this new life, whatever that might look like, sorted, a rhythm of life sorted first before we can offer it back to God. But I think in this time, God wants us to offer ourselves to Him as we are, even in the midst of uncertainty. And there's a story which we know well, but I think it helps to make this point. It's in Matthew chapter 14. You can turn to it if you want with me. And it's the point where Jesus is walking in the water. So Jesus has just sent His disciples across the Sea of Galilee on a boat. um, And in the middle of the night, He uh, decides to join them. So He walks in the water in the midst of this storm to the boat. And the disciples spot him and are terrified, thinking that Jesus is potentially a ghost. But Peter calls out and says, if that is you, Jesus, tell me to come and walk on the storm with you. And Jesus says, come. And then I want to read the verses, see what happens next. This is verse 29. It says, then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. When Peter had his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk through the winds and the waves and even participate in something incredible. Walking on water isn't something you do every day, is it? But as soon as he sets his focus on what was going on around him rather than on Jesus, he begins to sink. And you can understand why, right? Because what was going on makes no sense if God's not in the picture. There's no logical way he can be walking on water if Jesus isn't there with him. The presence of Jesus changes absolutely everything, not just Peter's perspective, but even how he's able to engage with the world around him. The same is true for us. So let's set our attention on Jesus. Let's keep everything he has done in full view Let's not be distracted by every new news article that might pop up on our newsfeed, But instead, let's prioritize this time pursuing God and taking our relationship with Him seriously in this time of uncertainty. Spend time praying, spend time in His presence, and cultivate a deeper sense of trust in God as we live in the midst of uncertainty. And I'm not suggesting that we play dumb or ignore what's going on around us, but that when we set our attention on God... When we have him in full view, it puts everything else into perspective. We had our first um, Zoom full staff meeting on Tuesday, and I made the joke that we now have all have the opportunity to become monks. Um, I mean, because there's lots of similarities, aren't there? We're pretty much going to be in the same place without very much change to routine for the known future. Um, we're not going to see very many many other people around us in the world, are we? And The reality is we have the opportunity to do something with that. We can choose to see this as a way for us to build in new rhythms and patterns which continually set our attention on Jesus, which continually offer our lives, even if it's not really the life we're expecting to lead right now, to offer that life as worship to God. In view of God's mercy, in view of God's presence, in view of all that God is doing for us, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. That is your worship. Let's open up our hearts to God in this season and set our attention on Him. So if that's the first place of opening up, the second Paul tells us is that we're to open up our hearts to one another as church family. And we see this in verses 3 through 13. Paul calls us to open up our hearts towards one another. What does it look like to be the church in a time when we can't do church? Um... And let's not let the fact that we can't gather stop us from loving and serving one another. And Paul says there's two ways that we can do that. We can play our part distinctively and individually, and we can play our part collectively. There are things which each of us have to give individually. Things which we're gifted at, we're called to, have the capacity to do right now. And then there's also things which we're not gifted at, which we're not called to do. And being church, particularly in this time of slowing down, we have to know who we are individually and who we're not. And Paul effectively says, don't try to do and be everything. Instead, do the thing that God has called and gifted you to do. If it is to serve, then serve. If it's to encourage, then encourage. If it's to prophesy, then prophesy. If it's to give, then give. If it's to lead, then lead. If it's to show mercy, then do that joyfully. We are still church, And we're still the body of Christ and we still have this opportunity to use the gifts that God has given us to bless and serve one another. So while we might not be doing church together on a Sunday, we can still be church. Let's be the church in this time. Let's continue to be the body of Christ. And the question I have for us is what do we individually have to offer in this time? Just because we can't physically see one another, it doesn't mean We can't do this. It just means we have to be creative, right? If it's to serve, then let's look at ways to practically serve those in our community. Pick up food for them if they're self-isolating. If it's to give, and you have the financial stability to do that, then consider how you might support someone who is not in that position, whose job is at risk. If it's to prophesy, then maybe use this extra time to be listening out for what God has for a church family and send those things through to them. If it's to encourage, send your church family and friends messages to remind them who they are and why you care about them. Bring your individual contribution. And then collectively, the second half of this section, together, there's something we can all bring. There's something we're all called to do. There's some activities which Paul commends us to do as church family together. And these activities begin in verse 9. Paul says to everyone reading, Love must be sincere. And that doesn't mean love when you feel like it. Because if that were the case, then lots of us probably don't really feel like doing it right now, so we wouldn't do it. When he says love must be sincere, he says he's meaning love in action. Don't just say stuff, but let your words be followed up by action. All of us can choose to act lovingly in this time, even if we really don't feel like doing it we can still pattern our lives around activities which are for each other and not just for ourselves. And some of those activities might be more electronic than we have been used to, but let's not use that as a reason to stop com- committing to one another. And here's the ways that Paul suggests we can do this. It's super practical. Um, and as I read out each, maybe reflect on what it might look like for you. He says, Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. All of us, together as church, can choose to tell a different story. When we see people highlighting the worst parts of humanity, we can tell stories of where God is at work, cling to what is good. Second, be devoted to one another in love. We can still choose to commit to each other, to prioritize one another, to pick up the phone, even though as millennials we hate calling on the phone, don't we? We can think of those who might be feeling isolated, and we can make a point of checking in with them every day to use that time that we have to do that. Be devoted to one another in love. Third, it says, honour one another above yourselves. Honour one another above yourselves. And I think that's particularly important in this time when all that we're doing communication-wise is electronic. It could be very easy for us to misunderstand and misread each other, couldn't it? And so it's so important for us to honor each other in our relationships, even though we're at more of a distance. And then fourth, it says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So let's spur one another on in our relationships with God. Send verses to each other, songs that we're worshiping to, read books together. Let's continue to spur each other to follow Jesus more. Number five, be joyful in hope. So let's tell stories of hope. Let's be expectant that God is still king and his kingdom is still coming. Let's remind one another of that hope which is unchanging in this time. It says, Be patient in affliction. And that's kind of obvious, isn't it? Be patient. Um, But equally, as we find ourselves in a new rhythm of restriction for an unknown amount of time, let's encourage one another towards patience. Knowing that elsewhere in Scripture it says that patience in the midst of trial. Shapes us to look more like Jesus and gives us deeper hope. It says, be faithful in prayer. So when you say to someone that you're going to pray for them, actually pray for them. And use this extra time we have to do that and to do that well. And finally, practice hospitality. Don't have people around for food, though. Don't have people around for food. But you could bless someone by ordering them a takeaway, right? Or you could even book in to spend an evening hanging out with them electronically. And it might seem a little bit weird at first, but we have to get used to this new way of being. And particularly, it could be that if you're in a family, that you might want to think about if there's someone that you know in your community who are living on their own and figure out a way of involving them in your family activity that evening, even if it's electronically. Let's open up our hearts towards one another as church. And then finally, in verses 14 through 21, Paul calls us to open up our hearts to this city. The commentator uh, NT Wright says of this passage that we as the church, as we pursue God and love one another, show this city and this world what a genuine human life looks like. And I love that kind of language, right? That we get to show this world what it looks like to be human. And I think there's never in my lifetime been a better opportunity for us to show the world what it means to be human. The world is watching. The world is watching closely, media outlets are watching, they're looking for examples of the worst of humanity and the best of humanity to publicize. We have an opportunity to be be part of retelling the narrative, of teaching a different way of being and living in crisis which has Jesus at the center. And again, the way that Paul suggests we do that is super practical, it's quite refreshing actually and I want to just pull out three of those things. Firstly it says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. And when we're surrounded by blame culture, which we see at a national level as countries are blaming each other for the spread of this virus, and at an individual level as we see people waiting for an opportunity to jump on something they disagree with, we could be tempted not to act or not to serve in case we face resistance. But here Paul calls us to just keep blessing people, love them as God loves us. Love them as an overflow of God's love for us, even if you face resistance in the process. Second, it says, Paul says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. And the reality of where we are is that we are likely to know many people around us in our neighborhoods who will suffer loss in these next few months. And actually we'll probably be around lots of people who still want to celebrate things in their lives as couples will still get married, babies will still be born, relationships will still be forming. And we, as God's people, are called to show real, deep empathy with our neighbor, to walk alongside them, to journey with them through the joys and through trials. And we can do that knowing that God who suffered for us even to the point of death and who's raised from the dead, we can stand with people in the midst of their suffering and offer hope to them in this time. And we can share in their joy, We can choose to be selfless in that and joyfully join in with where they are. And then the third thing that Paul says is, effectively, don't take revenge, but help your enemy out if they're struggling. And if if you have that neighbor who is always blocking your car in the driveway, or maybe a neighbor who swapped your bins when you first moved in for a really wonky bin with a wheel because you didn't have time to notice which bin was yours until it was too late, I'm sure everyone's experienced that, maybe just me. Now isn't the time for us to kind of suf- let them suffer with our role, rule, even though we might think they might deserve it because of their actions towards us. Now is the time for us to extend ourselves towards them, to show love, to offer to serve, to meet their needs. And then finally, the last verse, the way that Paul wraps up this whole section, is by saying, do not be overcome by evil. But overcome evil with good. So let's choose as a church family to open up our hearts to this city and reveal the goodness of God to the people who live here, to love Edinburgh in a time where people find themselves in the midst of uncertainty and are looking for answers. Because wouldn't it be amazing to think that at the end of these next few months, the central church becomes known all across Edinburgh because each of us have taken this passage seriously, have chosen to love God, love one another, and love this city well. And all of us have a choice in this. We can choose to close our hearts and lies in this time, to just protect ourselves until this passes, or to open up ourselves to God, to one another, and to this city. So let's be people who set our eyes on Jesus and who offer ourselves freely and abundantly to God, to one another, and to this city. I'm going to pray for us in a moment, but why don't we just take a moment to pause to allow God to speak to us around which particular area of what I've been sharing from this passage stands out to you. Where would you be tempted to close yourself off to God, to one another and to the city? And where might God be just gently nudging you to open yourself up more? Let's just take a moment to think about that. This isn't a chance for you to pull out your phone even though I can't see you. Let's just wait and take some space. So Father, in view of all that you've done for us, in view of your incredible love, in view of the sacrifice that you've made to give us hope for the future, hope which is unwavering even in our trials, would we offer ourselves freely to you in worship? Would we offer our lives to one another selflessly? And will we be your hands and your feet in this time for this city. We say this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.